NHR the podcast with Junior and Pat. Hello, Pat, and hello, NEI Hoops Nation, and welcome to uh, NHR the podcast episode, or season two, episode three. Kind of crazy that we are three weeks into the season already, well, into our podcast season, but uh, much deeper into the NEI season, uh, Pat. But uh, already, you know, just like we talk about every week, a lot of a lot of great games. Uh, you know, one of the questions that uh, I have to I have to jump into right away because I get this question a lot, or or not question, but statements all the time, is that uh, um, oh, did you see such and such have a bad weekend, or or uh, you know, such and such has been playing uh, a lot of close games and. You know, we're getting to that that standpoint. You you played at this level and played college basketball, so you can talk about it a little bit more too, maybe. But uh, you know, we're at that point of the season where you got to start looking at box scores because we have a lot of banged up teams going on right now. Yeah, um, we have teams that are missing players for whatever reason. You know, in, in this day and age, you can't uh, you know can't speculate on why you know guys or why teams might be missing three or four uh, guys from their starting lineups. But, uh, you know, looking across some of the scores this weekend, you know, we saw a couple uh, crazy games, you know, crazy, maybe not crazy scores, but scores that you were like, oh, well, that's that was surprising. But then as you clicked on the box score, um, you know, you started seeing that teams were missing one or two guys. And, and that has a big effect at this level. Right. Yeah. And you're right. The, the score, the final score doesn't necessarily tell the whole story where, you know, oh, they played them tight. They sure played them tight. Well, yeah, their leading scorer was out. <laughs> kind of like yeah. you said. So it, uh, it it certainly makes a difference. And it's also teams, it's still pretty early. It's interesting, you know, you look at some standings and you see some teams that are, you know, 8-0, and and then you see teams that are 4-0. And it just really depends on who you scheduled early and how you set up your schedule. So some teams really are, are still trying to find their rhythm and still trying to find their identity. And I think they're early in the in the league play. There's still kind of that that feeling out period where teams are still trying to find the right rotation. They're still trying to find kind of their offensive flow and, and their defensive identity. So you still have some of that going on. Yeah, you have guys that are banged up. So you can't read too far into things this early um, in the season in in league play. But I think some teams really are starting to set themselves apart. Um, and some teams are, are obviously still trying to find their way. Well, you, you talk about one team that uh, I, I have really been paying attention to, and, and, and their their head coach, Chris Wright, uh, is a friend of the program. He was on last year, and um, he's been doing a really great job. But uh, a team that's starting to separate themselves uh, is Talladega. Let me tell you, you know, we haven't talked much. We, I know we brought yeah, them up. Right. We haven't really talked in depth about them. Um, you know, they're, they were an interesting team because – they, you know, while they had some good pieces coming back, um, you know, they, they returned all American as well. But, you know, on paper at the beginning of the year, they were loaded with talent. And, and we know that, you know, on paper it can mean one thing. And then as they get on the court, you know, you can have a completely different thing because it takes a while for people to to kind of, you know, feel each other out when you have new pieces to add into old old pieces. And um, but this Talladega team, whew, you know, <laughs> I've seen them when they've really been playing good offensively. Um you know, I, I don't know if you saw Coach Wright's uh, tweet over the weekend, but, you know, he wasn't yeah. really happy with their offensive effort. <laughs> this team's a fence. I mean, they are long, they are athletic, and they play hard. And and that's part of the, the you know, playing hard is, is half of the defensive uh, game anyway. But, uh, right. but, man, man, their lengths cause a lot of issues. Not just, like, on the ball pressure defensive, but, like, in the lane. I'm talking about, like, uh, at the rim. I mean, their length and their size. Oh, man, this, this Talladega team, I, I'm telling you right now that uh, – 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. Unless they get upset before Kansas City, and that kind of stuff happens. So I don't want to ever get the the card ahead of the horse. But uh, this Talladega team is looking right. like a team that can definitely make a big run. I'm looking at their schedule right now. Points allowed, you know, I'll read it backwards, 43, 39, 49, 53, 67, 56, 48. It goes on and on, and they are just locking teams up. It'll be interesting, you know, that it was 65, 43 against Stillman. So can they, you know, score the ball? Are they going to be able to score the ball down the stretch? You know, that's to be determined. But but certainly defensively, they are locked and loaded. Well, and that, yeah, and, and that Stillman team is, is you know, obviously the number 15 in the country right. for a reason anyway, but they were a team we saw in Kansas City this past year too, and uh, and they returned everybody. So, you know, they get Trey Petty uh, and May, or Merriweather, the, the, the two All-Americans back, and so it's not like this team is, uh, the Stillman team is, is, is some pushover, and, and they just, you know, a top 15 team, and, and we talked about it last week, uh, you know, that it was one of our games to watch uh for the week coming up, and and uh, man, I tell you what, this Talladega team—if they keep defending like this, um, you know, people—if they're not on your radar already, they better start being on your radar now. Yeah, and and those are demoralizing numbers: forty-three points allowed, thirty-nine. That that you know really has an impact on on the opposing team. If you only score thirty-nine points, you you got to take a long, hard look at yourself. So they are they are imposing their will, and that's that's just what good teams do. Yeah, and there's others, you know, we've talked about, you know, how good Loyola looked, um, you know, things like that. I, I'll tell you, you know, another another one of those games that were on our uh, our, our games to watch for the week. And um, and I thought, you know, I, I didn't really anticipate, I don't think anybody really anticipated the game uh, to, I thought it was going to be a lot closer than what it was. Um, but it was at Indiana Wesley and uh, went to Marion, uh, yeah. another top another top 15 showdown on the week. And Indiana Wesleyan just jumped on him early uh, and just kind of rode the momentum. Uh, Dan Largy is looking really, really good. Oh, He's really Maxwell good. They're, yeah. yeah, they're really balanced. Yeah, with Maxwell, right? You were going to say, yep. yeah. Well, and even even uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but uh, Tim, uh, you know how to say? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to say, but I I, yeah. I apologize to Tim. I don't want to butcher your last name, but I'll call you. But uh, even him, I mean, some of the some of the returners uh, that they've had in the past year, you know what good programs do and what, what IWU has been able to do, um, you know, they take guys and when they lose superstars, those role guys, those guys that played role guys last year are now playing major roles this year, you know, and, and that's part right. of the good programs, what good programs do. They don't, you know, they're not just the, those role, role guys don't necessarily just stay role guys. Um, they develop, they mature, um, then they become crucial parts of, of the roster and, and, that's what uh, I would been able to do with with the the Pierce Field, Spencer Pierce Field, and, and guys like that. That just uh, you know, they're guys that started off in their career and, and were getting in games, maybe getting five ten minutes a game, and uh, now they're starters and, and and playing good big big time minutes and playing the you know and you know Spencer's another kid that just seems to hit big shot after big shot for them, and uh, and that's what makes them very very tough. Right. Yeah. They're balanced. They're experienced, and you, that's what good programs do. Right. You have a style of play and you get guys that buy in and commit to it and kind of see it all the way through. They don't transfer. So um, it just speaks to the staff there. I mean, it's getting guys to, you know, like I said, buy in. It's just, it's just tremendous. And you're right. Those role players, they step up. They step up in, in moments when they need them the most. It wouldn't be an uh, NHR the podcast podcast without me mentioning Holy Cross because Wesleyan has a guy in Billy Harness that transferred from Iwoo to Holy Cross as a grad student. And 
plays significant minutes now for Holy Cross and is a key contributor there. So these are guys that have guys that know how to play. They have guys that, that play well in different types of systems. And, you know, it's just – it's great to see them. And Marion, I think, is is kind of one of those teams, like I said earlier, that's trying to find their identity. I, I think they struggled, obviously, to score a little bit. 55 points isn't a ton. So can they – how they'll – Bear down, you know, the crossroads league. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. And that Marion Mary team, you know, they were, they were a team that, you know, they lost Cameron Walter, an all American big man. Um, you know, they've, they've always had, they've, they've they seem to have just they always have good uh, bigs, but, uh, um, you know, losing him was, was a big piece for their puzzle. And they brought in some transfer this year. And, um, you know, Christian Stewart's obviously, uh, another, uh, he was another really important piece from last year's team that is back this year. Um, I think they'll end up being fine, like you said, you know. And they they had some early season injuries, so that they haven't always, you know, they haven't played with each other as a core group, um, you know, as much either. So, you know, just trying to get them uh, getting the Kings out early. Um, I, I think they'll be fine. They'll bounce back. But uh, um, two two really good teams. But but Iowa in that game, especially when they were hitting the threes and, and got off to their, uh, you know, when they. You know, I don't want to say they hit, you know, punch Marion in the mouth, but they kind of punched Marion in the mouth a little bit early and and uh, just rode that uh, that momentum and, and were able to hold on. And, and uh, you know, in the second half, they just uh, executed, and that's what they do. That's what Mar- that's what uh, for the people that haven't watched Indiana Wesleyan play much, uh, you know, like you mentioned, they they play their style of play, and they're more times than not they're better at what they do than what you are at what they what you do, and <laughs> yep. and uh, that's why they win a lot of games, and that's why they won a lot of national championships. Yeah, it's it's so simple when you put it that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just do what you want to do better than what the other team wants to do. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, you know it's it's so funny because in and this is part of it too. You know, is that we're at the time of year as well that scouting reports are getting out, and it's not just conference play. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, tendencies. We talked a little bit about last week where where the coaching tendencies and things come over too, and maybe there's some players that you know that are returning, uh, but scouting reports are out, and so. People know, you know, are starting to know what you do. And even if you've changed some things or if you have some new guys or, or whatever, those those scout reports on the new guys are starting to get out. And and that's why uh, that's why this time of year is so much fun, but just because every game is different. And, and it, it'll go back, and this is what I, I'll cycle back through a little bit with the, the injuries. You know, this is such a, a crazy level because it doesn't have a national media. You know, we, we try to act like we're the national media, but – we don't, we're not able to report on all the injuries that right. go on. You know, we don't have that ESPN. So a lot of times, a lot of games that you'll see, you know, there might be a, their coaching staff may not know who's playing until, you know, an hour before tip off, you know? Right, right, and right. So, so then you're, you're constantly having to adjust your game plan and your, and your, and your things like that. Uh, and, and that's what makes this level, uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that make this level great, but, but part of the reason that uh, makes it so challenging is just this time of year when, when, you know, there's no, you know, there's no sheet out there that tells yeah. you, oh, hey, hey, uh, Joe's Joe Schmo from Kokomo is not playing this week. So, right, right, you right. Know, so Shout out no to one... all the SIDs out there. We need more press releases. We need yeah. more injury updates. Where's Trev, our old friend Trev? We need him, we, you know, get the updates out. <laughs> yeah, get the updates out and then let your coach, your head coaches, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, get mad at you for, for releasing yeah. information, yeah. you know, but <laughs> – that doesn't happen, you know, that doesn't, no. Right, right. Yeah. But no, you know, it's it's just, you know, part of the part of the stuff this year is just, uh, you know, you go with the flow and, and uh, you know, you have to adjust your game plans. At this level, you have to adjust your game plans, uh, uh, you know, to whoever's maybe starting or not starting or not in the lineup or 
uh, you know, you, you may see somebody get off the bus in a, in a boot or crutches. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, that's kind of the first time, you know, that they're not playing and, and uh, you just kind of go with the flow. So that definitely adds to, to some of the, the level of play right now. And, and uh, some of the, like I said, the, the injuries are, are unfortunate and we wish everybody good health and, and all that uh, moving forward. Cause uh, the one thing you, you just hate is that uh, um, it, it's, we're back to a 64 team field. So, you know, it shouldn't affect teams as bad. You know, you, you'll still see a lot of teams get, or a lot of conferences get, you know, four or five teams in, especially the the top tier leagues, you know, they'll get four or five teams in the national tournament, but uh, you just hate, uh, you know, this time of year where, uh, you, you know, you may have two or three guys go down or, or, you know, unfortunately, you know, COVID's still lingering. And if you have three or four guys that go down with COVID, uh, um, right. you know, you're, you're, you're all of a sudden in a situation where if you lose two games, you know, back to back, uh, it may drop you completely out of the top 25 and now you're, you yeah. know, swimming uphill a little bit the rest of the year. So, right. You, if you lose a couple league games early, yeah, it's a, it's an uphill battle from there on out. So yeah, you've got to be sharp. You've got to have everybody kind of as ready as possible. And just the league play is hard. It's hard when, you know, we were always Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, and then you know, still at this point, you might have a random non-conference game mixed in there. So you've got to be ready. You've got to be focused night in and night out. And, and like we said earlier, teams are still, you know, if you have a bunch of new guys, you're still figuring it out. You're still finding your way. You're still, you know, trying to teach how the offense works or trying to teach how the defense rotates. So it's got to be guys that are locked in and ready and really focused. And it, that takes a mature group. And I think we've seen that kind of the, the teams that have had the most success early this year, um, and obviously late last year in the tournament are the teams that have had a ton of college experience, have had a ton of guys that, that really have known how to play and know how the season works. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're at that time of season two and, and, uh, I'll make this quick, but, uh, we're, we're, you mentioned a little bit about where we're in conference play and now, you know, you, you're kind of at that, that first holiday break where we have Thanksgiving on Thursday. Um, and, and you're going to see a lot of teams travel this week. So you're going to, you know, I know uh, teams like Arizona Christian go all the way out to Florida for some games. I know that uh, uh, we have two big tournaments. We'll get a little bit more diff or uh, showcases that we'll get more dip than uh, um, a little bit later. But, uh, you know, we have the NEI, the show out in Tennessee, and, and then uh, Faulkner hosts uh, the battle at the beach, um, which is a big time. That, that has some big time teams. I think there's four top 25 teams, if I'm not mistaken, in that one. Um, so, you know, it, it's just that time of year where, you know, you, you were in conference play. Now you're going to shift out of conference play for, for this week, you know, and play maybe one or two games or three games. And then, you know, you're going to come out of Thanksgiving and then uh, that next week and you're going to end up having to shift back your mindset back into conference play again. And um, so, yeah, just kind of a kind of a fun little little I don't want to say break in the season because there's a lot of big time games still. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, a little bit of mind mental break from maybe the, the grind of your conference uh and now you're going to jump into um, some maybe some non-conference games a little bit, and then you'll jump right back into conference play. So, um, and, and just rolling with that, uh, you know, one of the conferences that uh, I want to, you know, one of the things that we tried to do with the podcast and with the website, just highlight uh, uh, teams and, and players, obviously, and, and leagues. And um, one thing we wanted to do today is, is kind of put some focus on the Golden State Athletic Conference out West. And, um, I, you know, I, all we can do is encourage and, and, and talk about teams and things like that. But the West Coast teams, you know, one thing that, that I, I have to bring up is that 
you know, not a lot of people know about them because they, you know, a lot of their game times are at night, you know, like central time zone. You may, you may have a 9.30 PM tip because they're, you know, at 7.30 PM out there, or, or you may even get a, a later tip off. Um, and I know a lot of people don't stay up and watch those games, but then they come up and they end up showing up in the national tournament and, you know, you have teams and not just from the GSAC, but, you know, from the, the frontier conference and the cascade and, and all those leagues out there, the Cal pack that are so tough. And you get teams that maybe people don't know a lot about, and then they show up in the national tournament, and you're like, whoa, that team's really good. And, you know, and we'll talk about uh, uh, William Jessup, head coach, uh, uh, Lance Von Vogt here in a little bit, but uh, and he can kind of go into it too. But those those West Coast teams always find success at the national tournament. Um, and the GSAC, man, they're, they, they are one of the, the best leagues around. Um, they, they've, they've constantly in the, in the mid-2000, or, the, you know, from like 2010, I want to say to 2015, right in that area, um, I think they had three teams play for national championships. Um, you know, we, we had a little bit of a crazy weekend out there this week uh, <laughs> with, with some of the top teams in the league, the, the top 25 uh, ranked teams uh, that went down. Um, I think the league is going to be wide open this year, but uh, just a fun, fun league. Um, something we wanted to put a highlight on. And, and uh, you know, right now uh, there's, they, they have two teams, uh, Menlo and Hope International, uh, sitting at 2-0 and in, in the conference play. Um, Menlo is receiving votes to be ranked. Um, but then you got, you know, teams that they're coming off a lot. They're the first losses of the year, uh, this week, uh, Arizona Christian, uh, they were fourth in the country. Um, and then seven, number 17 masters, uh, lost their first game, uh, to, to Westmont as well. Um, you know, and then you got a William Jessup team that, uh, that, uh, went and played Vanguard. Vanguard has, has a rich, rich tradition, um, on the national stage for, for those people that don't know. Um, they, they played for a couple national champions as, championships as well. I believe they won one. Um, but William Jessup went to Vanguard, uh, lost one. So you have a lot of teams, uh, if, you, if you're looking at the standings, that overall are 8-0 are or 6-1. Or Seven teams right now in the league uh, that only has one overall loss on the year. So just something that's that's a little bit, uh, you know, just something to pay attention to. And, and I wanted to bring attention on the GSAC. Well, yeah, and you talked about that Menlo team. You know, we talked about Talladega, who, who – defends really well menlo is every bit as good as them they've allowed 54 40 50 57 52 46 i mean my goodness this team can defend and you said it but arizona christian went down earlier this week and so i think this league is going to end up being kind of wide open if menlo can continue to defend like that they're going to continue working their way up the rankings (laughs) that are leading the league in, in points per game right now and that, that's a, a scary thought when you have a freshman that comes in and gets really comfortable really early. They're able to, you know, the game comes a little bit easier to them, you know, as they get older and they get even better as they get older. They're, they're able to get to their spots, you know, get to their spots on the floor, find the shots that they want. So it's interesting, you know, you said earlier, it's a little bit harder to keep, you know, your eyes on these teams out West but and watch them in real time. But, you, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how those three freshmen pan out. Pat, before we get over to uh, our coaching interview with William Jessup, head coach Lance Von Vogt, we do need to step aside for 30 seconds for our sponsorships. Joining us today is William Jessup head coach Lance Von Vogt. Coach is in his seventh season as head coach for the Warriors and just picked up career win number 250 earlier this season. And his time with the Warriors has led them to the program's first ever NEI Division I Top 25 ranking uh, during the 2015-16 campaign. He also led the 
team to the or the program's first NEI Division One tournament appearance and the first win in an NEI tournament, a Division One national tournament. While the Warriors sit 26 in the latest NAI Top 25 poll, they have made a Top 25 appearance in each of the past six seasons. Jessup currently holds a 7-1 record and is 1-1 in GSAC play. Coach, uh, I know uh, you guys are just started up GSAC play uh, this weekend. Um, you, you went down and, and, and suffered your first loss of the year to a, in one of the toughest places to play, uh, I think, in Vanguard, um, and then turn around and beat Life Pacific this year. Um, you guys are having a great year. You did knock off uh, Oregon Tech twice, uh, who was the top 25 at the time. Um, can you just talk about a little bit uh, how your season going? And, and I know uh, e- even if you want to touch base a little bit on that first exhibition game um, that you guys did as a where you guys actually had a Division One come and play you guys on your home court um, for a good cause. Yeah, well, I, I think that you captured a whole bunch of what we've been trying to do. But, you know, kicking off or tipping off, you know, let's let's go back to basketball, tipping off. Uh, the season with having uh, UC Davis and coach Jim Les come over and play us at our place was just an amazing deal uh, for, for us personally. But, you know, the bigger picture was, is that we had an opportunity to really impact some uh, families that had been impacted uh, negatively and lost everything in uh, the California fires, you know, uh, the, the fire that we specifically, uh, uh, you know, gave money to was the, uh, the Dixie fire. And it was something that, Coach Les and I had been batting around for the last couple of years um, on a couple of different issues. And then with, with the, the fires, it just made sense for us to go ahead and make it happen. And um, so we were really happy to be a part of that. And uh, I think it also just kind of allowed our guys uh, for both teams to, to understand that they're part of, uh, you know, something bigger and uh, that they have the ability to make an impact in a positive way and for them to use their platform, you know, to do those types of things. And I know that it was impactful uh, for our guys. And I believe it was impactful for Jim's guys as well. Um, now with the season though, you know, I think that we're still trying to find ourselves, you know, we're off to a, a great start at seven and one. And, um, we've had some really good uh, competition. Our schedule hasn't been light, you know, Southern Oregon's another team that I have a lot of respect for and coach Mac. Um, and, uh, so, you know, I think that we've, we've scheduled us, you know, a, a robust schedule, it's testing us every turn. We're not getting any, uh, you know, any gimme wins. We got to go in there and earn them every night. And uh, that's what the guys have done, you know, uh, with the exception of Vanguard. And I thought that uh, Garrett White and Isaac Davis, when we were at Vanguard, they played uh, like all Americans. And uh, they really did a great job of keeping us out of our, our, our sets and, you know, where we wanted to go. And ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, uh, they made the last push and, and uh, they took the win. And I got to give them a lot of credit for that. Yeah, and, and, you know, I alluded to a little bit, but the, the pit is not an easy place to play. I don't know. If, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit on this episode beforehand uh, with Pat and I that, uh, you know, for, for teams that maybe, you know, for, or for people who may not be out uh, on the West Coast, you know, GSEC basketball is so tough. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something that with, with game time sometimes being that, you know, even on Central Time Zone, let alone the East Coast, you know, games may start here, you know, 9 p.m., 9.30 p.m. at night. Uh, and not everybody's as crazy as I am and stays up that late. But, uh, you know, you start watching GSAC play, and then, you know, and then I think that your guys' league prepares people for the national tournament, and that's why the GSACs consistently had so much great success in making deep runs at the national tournament. Absolutely. Um, our league is deep, you know, and, and I think it was proven last night. If you went on the road uh, in GSAC play, it's a, it's a great win, no matter who you play, one through ten. 
Last night, you know, Arizona Christian, who's number four in the country, you know, and they went on the trip. They played at Hope. Hope got them by 16 at home. And Arizona Christian's as talented as anybody in the country, and they're they're really well coached. But Hope is really talented, and they're really well coached. And uh, you know, they 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 handled Arizona Christian um, on Thursday, and then on Saturday, you have San Diego Christian and. Um, you know, one would think that Arizona Christian is just going to go in there and take care of business on them. Ends up being a tight game, 69-63. Um, and then you look at our game, Life Pacific, you know, and uh, they're, they're picked towards uh, the, the bottom of the league. And, and uh, we've had success against them in the past. And we go in there. It's a double overtime. It, it took everything we had to get a win. Um, uh, the top eight teams in the league are contenders to go to the national t- tournament. Menlo, who was predicted eighth at, uh, at the start of the the, the, you know, the preseason coaches poll is eight and zero, and uh, just kind of obliterating everybody uh, that they play right now. Uh, you look at uh, what Hope just did. You look at Westmont's win over Masters on Saturday. Um, this league is as good as it's ever been. But you look at the teams, the home teams are winning uh, nine out of 10 of these games, you know, and it, it's, it's really tough to get a road win. Uh, in GSAC play. Um, so I think that we are prepared when when we make it to nationals to be able to make those runs just because, you know, every night in the GSAC, it's it's similar to, um, you know, the old Big East or the ACC type, you know, style of uh, uh, teams. There's just not a game where you can just go in and know you're going to get a win. Yeah, and I, you know, just just uh, I, I, I would uh, we always try to highlight players as well and, and uh, some of my favorite players in, in the league or in the country are out there and um, you know I, Pat and I were talking about a little bit beforehand that uh, it's a little bit crazy because the GSAC this year if you look at the the overall uh, points per game leaders in the league right now the scoring leaders uh, you got a lot of freshmen um, that are sitting in the top uh, and, and granted they you know a lot of them are, are COVID freshmen so they, they played last year um, but just a just a you know unique uh, situation where there's a lot of freshmen a lot of youngsters um, that are, are the, kind of the cream of the crop of the league. But then you got some old guys in the league, too. And I, I got to talk about and, – and Pat will respect this because Pat's a, a former NEI big man. But uh, uh, one of my favorite big men in the country, Coach, is, is Josh Powell Davis at Hope International. And, uh, you know, it, anytime you can roll 6'6", 320 out there and, and be an All-American, uh, you know, he, that's got to be a load to coach out there. Hey, I, I got to tell you, you know, so I don't know if you guys remember a guy that we had uh, – uh, uh, Keith Phillips, who was a two-time All-American for us, and and yeah. with, you know led us to the national tournament, um, first-team All-American, and uh, just a fantastic human being. Well, he's he he was out in Oakland. He was buddies with Josh Powell and uh, Davis, and and uh, he didn't tell me that Josh was looking for a school, and he ended up down at Hope. <laughs> I told him, I said, I said, now we got a coach. I got a coach against this guy, um, and he, he's he's like an immovable object, but. His hands, his footwork, yep. his touch. I've seen that man do things that I didn't think was possible from a guy his size. Uh, and, and so, yeah, Josh, Josh is a tremendous player, um, have a tremendous amount of respect for him. And I think that we've had some really healthy battles with, with Hope. Um, and it's been, you know, just one of those deals where, where you know, there's just a respect that goes back and forth. Uh, and and uh, we look forward to playing him. We play him here and and uh, I think, two weeks uh we, we've got him at our place and so yep. uh we're already uh, kind of thinking about him a little bit yeah that december 4th game yeah when you when you guys uh, your second game back from gsec play is, is uh we talked about a little bit it's it's uh and maybe you can allude to it or you can elaborate uh, more on it but uh 
this kind of a unique week for everybody because you, you got your mind set on GSAC play. Now you're going to kind of go away from GSAC play for a couple games, and then you got to get your mind back on GSAC play again, uh, kind of. Uh, and then I know you guys go on a on a big trip uh, uh, in December, but you guys are you guys are kind of at that. You, you kind of got a week off away from GSAC play, and then you got to get your mind back right. Not that you don't, can't get up for these games too, but uh, can you just talk about maybe the how how tough it is to go from you know conference play back to you know non conference play, and then refocus back to conference play? Yeah, I I think that. Uh, you know what? We try not to make too big of a deal about it because, you okay. know, every game matters on the schedule. Obviously, league play, you know, there, there's a whole nother championship you're going for there. You know, if you get the GSAC championship, you're feeling pretty great about your season. So that's definitely something that 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 gives it a little bit of an act, uh, extra incentive. But when you're trying to make the national tournament and when you've got the arc rating and the new system going there, you know, the opportunity to play against, you know, Cal Maritime and then um, Eastern Oregon. There's value in those games. And I think our guys know that they recognize it. The other thing is, is we're not a, we're not like a fully baked team yet. Uh, we're, we're literally still figuring each other out and we're still trying to find our identity. We added a couple of uh, new pieces that have been, you know, big additions for us. Um, we're trying to integrate them in. We're bringing Taryn story way back, you know, and Christmas, and we're going to have to learn how to integrate him in. I don't think we're going to be a ready product until we get to, you know, mid January, February, and hopefully we do enough between now and then that when we get to becoming who we are uh, fully, that we can kind of take off and really finish the season strong. Yeah. So, Coach, we I know we uh, I know you talked about a little bit with the uh, adding Terrence story way back. Uh, you know, obviously a good Christmas piece to add uh, in an all conference uh, a guy for you guys from last year. Um, you know, you guys got the freshman Miles Corey, uh, obviously, who we've highlighted a, a lot. I, I love his game. He's one of my favorite players uh, in the country as well. Um, but then you guys got, you know, you got Cashman. Uh, hopefully I'm saying his name right, but Cashman Williams. Um, and then a guy like uh, Matthew Schmidt, who uh, who played really well for you guys early this year as well. Yeah. So Miles is a, is a dynamic, you know, guard, and he's a super freshman, you know, due to the COVID exception. Um, and... Uh, you know, he also did a, a prep year. Um, and so, so he's got a little bit of experience to him. So he's, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna bring it. And, and he's just a, um, you know, a special athlete. Uh, he's an unselfish player, uh, well-liked by his teammates. And I think that's what puts him in position to be great. Everybody's, you know, he's cheering everybody else on. He's uh, not somebody that's going to uh, dominate uh, the, the ball, you know, every time down the floor. So everybody gets, you know, to touch it. And, uh, you know, he's, he's able to take over a game and play well. And I think that, you know, he's, he's got a capacity even beyond where he's at currently, you know, we're going to keep trying to work with him and grow him and see where he goes. Uh, Taryn um, is, is somebody that is just such a versatile guy. He, you know, he's about six, four uh, wing and he, he can play, you know, multiple positions. I mean, I mean, there was times last year when we had foul trouble, we slid him all the way down to the five. So he's, he's the type of guy that, you know, just is versatile um, brings a, a lot of uh, matchup problems for the opponents, brings a lot of energy. He's probably, um, you know, if not our best, one of our best uh, perimeter defenders. Last year, I think that he led our team in rebounding from the wing position. Um, so he's a gritty guy, uh, and he just brings an extra dimension to the team. So we're looking forward to having him. And you mentioned Cash Williams, uh, and Cash is, is a guy that actually played at Arizona Western College where I was an assistant coach in 2006 through 2010 with Kelly Green, who just went into the ACCAC Hall of Fame yesterday, which was pretty cool to see. Um, but Cash is, 
you know, he, he's a kid out of Fresno, so he's not far from Jessup, but he just brings um, a different edge. He's a competitor. Uh, he, he can rebound it. He can pass it, shoots a high percentage from the field, uh, can really get into the paint, um, create for others, create for himself. Um, and he's kind of got that ball on a string, uh, which, which is something that it, it's nice to have when, when teams are trying to pressure you. Have a guy that can handle that pressure um, and still get you into your sets. And so I think that, you know, Cash is going to have a fantastic year. And you mentioned Schmitty, who is from Long Beach uh, Community College. He was in the GSAC originally as he went to Westmont. And then he ended up going back to junior college. And then we brought him up to our place. And oh, nice. he's coming into his own. He's coming into his own. And I think that he's actually one of the keys to our roster because as he grows, it, 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 our guards are, and are really good. Um, and as we grow our post, it makes us harder to, to, to guard. So the, the further that Schmitty comes along and he's starting to blossom right now, uh, the better we're going to be. And I, 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 he has the talent and the ability and the work ethic um, and the toughness. And so there's really no reason that he shouldn't succeed. Post players make the world go round. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. You mentioned Cash and his ability to attack the paint. In conference play, you guys rank 15th in the nation in free throw attempts per game. Is that something, getting to the line and then, of course, converting at the line, is that something you put a focus on? You don't necessarily shoot a ton of threes but you know, in today's age, but talk about free throws and attacking the paint and how important that is to your offense. Absolutely. So um, the answer to the question is yes. And, and we would actually love to shoot more threes, but I think that each game has a life of its own. And, and um, we have, you know, you, you, you bend your, your, uh, your approach to the roster that you have. Okay. And, and how do you put your guys in the best position to be successful? And you can't look at them in a vacuum. You've got to see it as the group. Okay. we got five guys on the floor at the same time. What's the best actions that's going to give us a chance to score. And, and, and so, you know, we, we, we do work on attacking the paint. It's all about paint touches. Okay. So we want inside out threes. We want scores at the rim. We want to touch the paint. We want to get drop downs. We want to be able to get offensive rebounds and, and, and all of those things lead to putting us in position to be at that foul line. Um, early on in the season, we didn't get enough paint, paint touches and we were finding ways to win around it. But I was like, you know, guys, we, we've got to be more physical. And one of the ways to be physical is to make sure that we come down and we get land on two, you know, uh, with a paint touch. So let's, let's get that dribble penetration. Let's get the pass penetration. Let's get a paint touch. doesn't mean we have to shoot it when we're in the paint, but it does mean that once we get that paint touch, uh, the defense is going to collapse. It's going to open some stuff up for us. And uh, a lot of times it's going to be how we get to the free throw line. Well, coach, I, you know, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, we, William Jessup, uh, you know, for, for those uh, that are listening, uh, if you haven't watched him play this year, uh, if you can if you can stay up and even some of their weekend games, maybe if you can't stay up past nine o'clock and, and watch their games, uh, you know, I know some of your guys' weekend games uh, can be a, a little bit of mid afternoon game uh, for for Eastern Time Zone or Central Time Zone play, but uh, GSAC, I can't I can't emphasize it enough. Um, it's it's one of the best leagues in the country. Um, and, and for those people that want to try to really get a good picture of what the national scene, uh, national tournament scene is going to be like, um, it, it won't be surprising if, if the, uh, the GSAC has, you know, some of the, or is one of the leagues that puts, you know, four five, six teams, uh, in, in the, in the field of 64 this year. So, um, coach, as always, I, I you know, it's good talking to you. I appreciate uh, you coming on and, uh, looking forward to watching your boys uh, compete the rest of the year.
Junior Pat, appreciate you guys and all the work you do for NAIA and NAIA Hoops specifically. It's been a pleasure to be on. Thank you guys for the invite and blessings for the holiday season. Hopefully we'll connect again soon. Blessings to you too, Coach. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Coach. That's Coach Lance Van Vogt, Von Vogt from William Jessup. Always good having coaches on, um, especially when you get to get a talk to a coach from, from maybe a league that a lot of the, our, our listeners uh, maybe not know much about. Um, you know, one of the things, Pat, that, uh, that is, is always unique is that, uh, you, know, you know, you had a lot of – when we combine one division, um, you get a lot of, uh, you know, I, what I call the NEID2 faithfuls and a lot of NEID1 faithfuls. And while they may know, you know, about their own divisions, you know, now as we're integrated into one division, uh, they may not know much about the other one. So – um, if for those, for those team or for those, uh, viewers or listeners that are out there, um, that, that maybe not know much about the GSAC, uh, basketball, um, it's a league that, that you, you should start paying attention to. Cause I'm telling you right now that I, I don't know how many, this is a new year with, with a field of 64. So we're going to f- see for the first time this year on how many teams from a league will actually get in, um, you know, it's it's kind of like if you if you use a Division One, uh, you know, March Madness bracket. Um, you know, you see teams from the ACC. You know, you may get eight, nine, ten teams in from that league. Um, you know, do we see that in the NEI? And, and you know, that's just something that you know, as we're painting that national picture, and something that we try to do with with these episodes, and um, you know, not just talk about the same teams and the same you know programs and same leagues all the time. You know, we're truly trying to paint in that national picture, and the, and GSAC is one of the best in the league. And the, uh, they've they've been very very good at the Division One, NEI Division One level, um, these past years. Um, and William Jessup uh, is right there in the mix this year, and gonna be a lot, gonna be a fun team to watch. Right, yeah, and this NEI talent is spread all across the country, and whether you can stay up and watch it or not, you better be on high alert come March when those teams, you know, meet up. One thing worth noting for all those coaches listening out there, you know, William Jessup, Jessup dropped one this week, but <clears throat> coaches that have been on this podcast and been interviewed on this podcast have not lost a game uh, since they've been on it. So there you go. If you want, if you want some success when, at the start of league play, my suggestion would be to come on NAI NHR Hoops and Podcast and get here and get your wins wins in order. So yeah, just yeah. take that for what it is. Now, now go knock on wood so that uh, yeah. Warren Jeff doesn't lose, yeah. and then and then we yeah. re- lose that. Uh, <laughs> right. 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 But no, no, that's a uh, that's awesome, an interesting point. I'm glad you bring that up because I I hadn't noticed, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's always good, uh, you know, hearing from from coaches around the country, and and uh, like we said, just trying to paint that national picture for you. So hopefully, um, some of you some of you listeners uh, that. Uh, you know, maybe not know much about the GSAC. Maybe you'll start paying attention a little bit to their games or, or maybe you'll, you'll see a game that you can catch uh, online and, and start watching them. So um, speaking of games, Pat, we, uh, you know, as we talked about that, we kind of went from conference play. Now we just kind of got this week where, where teams are going to travel a little bit more and, and play some non-conference games. We have two, what I think is, is really cool events this week because, you know, at the NCAA division one, you know, you see a lot of preseason tournaments and you see, you know, a lot of a lot of holiday tournaments and things like that. Um, the NEI, you see a lot more classics. You know, like the the four game or four team uh, two game classics, where you you know you, you have four teams and and you play two of them uh, on a Friday and Saturday. You play one Friday, one Saturday. Um, but this weekend, you know, with with the holiday break and and kids uh, having you know maybe maybe being gone for uh, for the holiday for the week for uh, Thanksgiving, um, teams are traveling a little bit more, and so. You start off uh, the battle at the beach. I believe it's the third year 
um, and they started. It used to be a tournament, and I wish it would have. Been, I hope it goes back to being a tournament. I know uh, COVID uh, COVID affected a little bit last year being a tournament um, with some of the protocols they had to have, and then this year, um, I know that they had a couple teams that that uh, are in the same league, uh, and so they weren't able to play uh, a tournament format this year as well. But um, we're going to have a couple top fifteen uh, matchups out there. Um, we got teams like Loyola, uh, Science and Arts of Oklahoma. Uh, LSU Alexandria, um, and I, I hope and LSU Shreveport, um, teams like that that are going to be out there uh, to end the Battle of the Beach day one is going to be Science and Arts versus LSU Shreveport, which should be a be a heck of a battle. Right. Yeah. And this is a loaded field. It's going to be certainly an exciting event. We had Loyola, you know, the coach on earlier, you know, a few weeks ago on the podcast, and they have been rolling ever since. Faulkner, of course, was great last year, uh, and. It's exciting, and you said it earlier. It's just it's good to play. I know there's some league teams here, but it's good to play teams outside of your league, outside of you, you know your state. You're in Panama City, so just a cool opportunity, just a great opportunity for for NAI to kind of take that next step and and you know keep putting on these great events. Well, and at this event, uh, you're going to play three games in three days, and you know the the even though the format changed a little bit, the national tournament has been one of the toughest tournaments around because you always had to win five games in six days, you know, and uh, and that's obviously really, really tough. So tournaments like these can get you prepared, especially when you're playing top level, uh, you know, top 25 teams and, and uh, you know, you're playing them in, you know, back-to-back days can really, really get you prepared for that national tournament. You can take a lot of experience from that as well. Um, and mo- just trying to talk about another one, uh, you know, any eye of the show, uh, it'll actually take place on at the weekend after the Thanksgiving. So obviously Thanksgiving's on Thursday and then uh, Friday, Saturday, uh, we're going to get, a or any eye of the show i believe there's 16 uh men's teams out there and then there's even a women's uh uh two-day show as well out there uh, friday saturday sunday is when that games actually take place it should be a fun little classic uh any eye of the show ken french uh, who who's now the head coach at oakland city um he does a great job of putting this event on um, in kingsport tennessee and uh hopefully they get the live feed going uh this year uh and if it is we'll obviously uh uh, pay pay note to it uh, this weekend for people to watch, but uh, another little uh, you know two and three day classic that uh, has a lot of good uh, games in it and a lot of a lot of teams that are outside of uh, their you know conferences that may not normally play each other are going to be matched up in the in the show and it always provides an exciting entertainment. Right. Yeah. And and we played in one of these when we went to Grace and we played Grace on Friday night and then we played Georgetown on Saturday and those are two teams that. You know, normally we wouldn't play in Georgetown, especially was a D1 at that point or an AI D1 and we were D2. So it was cool to kind of just kind of have that crossover. Obviously, it's now it's one division. But, you know, this one, the show, um, like you said, has some good teams. Indiana Tech obviously is good. IU East. um, And then you get Central Baptist and and Mary. And and, and so it's a good mix of different styles, different types of teams. Um, Just excited to see it unfold. Yeah, and, and we're not fully out of uh, out of conference play. I mean, there are several teams. I know the WAC. Uh, I know the Crossroads League. I know that the CCAC uh, are yeah. all playing games this week. I'm sure there's others, but uh, you know, I mean, even even some of the conference games that are going on. Uh, you know, you, we're gonna we're gonna see on Tuesday uh, how Marion uh, bounces. Well, yeah, that's they're what they're I was about play. to say. Yeah, before yeah, Marion gets to go to Tennessee, they gotta play Grace first. <laughs> yeah, right? they, yeah, yep, they gotta go. They gotta go play Grace on Tuesday, and, and we'll see. Uh, Kind of see if they can bounce back because uh, that that Grace game at Grace is going to be going to be a very very tough game, um, and then yeah you, you know you get uh, Lawrence Tech you know just up in the whack uh, they've been a little bit of a surprising team uh, 
uh, coming out of the whack. I believe they're fit or picked to finish fifth, maybe in the I think it's fifth or sixth in the uh, whack precinct poll, and uh, they're going to get the one of the league favorites uh, that start the year, Rochester, at their court. Um, and so they they got a chance to to move, I believe, three and zero in the league, and um, and get themselves uh, in, in pretty good position, early position. Um, so yeah, and then you're gonna have this, some some good KCAC action as well. Um, just just a, a fun week, and even though we're gonna have a holiday uh, and have Thanksgiving, and, and and you know there won't be any games on Thursday, but uh, um, the game the days around the holiday uh, is definitely are still uh, the, the games around the holiday are still loaded with uh, a lot of fun games, and and uh, just gonna be another fun week around the NEI. Right. Yeah, and I think. You know, these next few weeks are really pivotal when it comes to league play because sometimes you see teams start, you know, 4-0, 6-0, and then, you know, they might lose three or four straight in their season. You know, they end up, you know, it all kind of finds its level. But when those teams can start 8-0 and then get to 10-0, which, you know, they'll have those number of games under their belt in the next few weeks, that's when teams, you, you really kind of start seeing the picture take shape where, you know, okay, this team is a legitimate contender. This team's got a shot at making it to the national tournament. So. Yeah, like you said, exciting times here, exciting times, you know, whether you're in league play, whether you're going to one of the classics, MTEs, I think is what is what the cool kids are calling them these days, <laughs> multi-team events. So, um, yeah, just an exciting time of the season. Yeah, and I'll, I'll do you one better, you know, it's uh, just to go off of what you just said. It's not just the teams are 8-0, 9-0. It's some of these teams that maybe be, you know, maybe got off to a rocky start. Um, right. You know, there's there's a team that, that comes to mind uh, – and I didn't watch their games this weekend. I just saw that they went two and zero, and they were at home. It's Prue State. Uh, they knocked off Missouri Baptist and uh, Central ba- Baptist in the AMC uh, American Midwest Conference versus uh, Heart of America. Um, their little classic that they had going on, and you know this is a team that they had they had Willie Penn down sixteen with eleven minutes to go the other night, and I know the record's not very good, um, but they they've kind of had a weird schedule where they played. Three or four any or three or four uh, NCAA Division ones already, and some of these games are on back to back. So they're unfortunately when you go play an NCAA Division one, you know a lot of times you just have to schedule and play with you know like any yeah. when you schedule an NEI game, there's usually like a conversation back and forth and okay, what day works best for you? What day works for us? You know, and when, right. when you're trying right. to go play an NCAA Division one team because you're getting paid to go play them, you have to play them on the date that basically they want to play on. So. Um, you know, some of these teams are playing, you know, not just Proof State, but several of these teams are, are going and playing uh, NCAA Division One maybe on a Monday or Tuesday and then turn around and, and having to play, you know, uh, another game. Maybe it's, maybe it's not a conference game. Maybe it's a non-conference game, but they're having to play a game the very next day. And some of these teams, you know, the, they can't pass up that money to go play the NCAA Division One, So they're getting worn out. Uh, early, you know, playing three or four NCAA Division One teams, and then now they're starting to to get in rhythm, and and uh, you know they're not traveling as much to go play these games, and so they're set, settling in a little bit. And a team like Peru State, I, I, you know, again, I didn't get to watch their games this weekend, but those are two good win bounce back wins. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen seen them play twice this year uh, already, and I just think that they're a better team than what the record shows. And and I'm using them as an example, but there's several teams out there that. That maybe aren't that eight and zero nine and one. They may not be that, uh, right? You know, yeah. but but they're gonna they're a team that maybe can go win in a conference tournament and make them make themselves in or push themselves into the national tournament. Um, and then all of a sudden you're like, you know, and I hate last year was just a unique year just with the whole, you know, COVID scheduling and stuff. But you had teams that you know had three or four or five wins in the national tournament, and you won't see that this year. 
Um, you, you know, you'll have teams that are unless they want to, you know, somebody random really wins a, a national or wins a conference tournament to get the auto bid. But um, you know, it's just one of those things that you got to start looking at these teams that you know maybe are going to go win. You know, maybe have a have a two and four record or, or a three yeah. and five record, and then all of a sudden they win eight or nine in a row, or they win you know eight or ten or eight or twelve, and and those teams that you know, like you said, it's a very important stretch to start seeing these teams and figure it out. And and if you have a team, even if you have a bad record right now, um, if you can go get yourself some momentum and, and and go knock off seven out of ten or, or whatever it may be, and get yourself or get your season back on track, uh, some of those teams are just as dangerous as some of these teams that are eight and zero, nine and zero right now. Yep. Yeah. And like you said earlier, like guys are hurt and, and, you know, guys might transfer in that semester. So everything, you know, obviously is is starting to take shape, but things could certainly change, you know, in the next few weeks and after the semester starts, second semester. Well, that's, that's a good, uh, that's a good segue to to end on. I, cause I could talk all day. That'll be for a different (laughs) episode on the, uh, on the transfers at Christmas time, because uh, that, that always, that's always a fun, uh, fun thing to see on uh you know you'll you'll be looking at rosters uh you know and all of a sudden uh you know january 1st comes around or maybe it's december 24th whatever that whenever the semester you know officially grades are posted and things like that you, you start seeing a couple more pieces uh added to rosters uh that have big impacts on the on the rest of the season so yeah. uh but we'll, we'll save that for another podcast today because that'll be another hour long um but pat uh like I said, uh, it's always a fun week with the, with the classics and tournaments. I'm excited to kind of see some some teams match up that we you know we don't normally see play each other. Yep, and be sure to be talking about any hoops around the Thanksgiving table. So everybody enjoy your holiday. Remember, don't talk politics, don't talk religion, only NHR or NAI hoops report. That's all you should be talking about. Should save you a lot of uh, of a lot of bad conversations around the dinner table. No, I'm just kidding. But we do hope that you guys, that everybody listening has a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy the week of games. And this is Junior and Pat signing off until next week.